Welcome to the Fulfillment Hero Show, where we share, define, and discuss the principles that model fulfilling life. Uh, I am your host, Dustin Duenas, and today I sit down with professional skateboarder and founder of Untitled Skateboards, Judd Heald. You can say hi now. <laughs> How's it going? <laughs> uh, I want to shout out to Sal. Um, again, Missy Man, love you, bro. Go to uh, follow Sal at at salvcbb that's at s-a-l-v-c-b-b on instagram check out his daily grind but uh we do miss having him um all right so we're just gonna jump into this um let's get started a little bit on your childhood and some of your your struggles there and well i grew up on a farm in maine so early on i really just wanted to skateboard i worked a lot with farming and you know, low pay and we just skate into town and, and go get into mischief into town. But pretty much skating really kept me out of a lot of mischief just because I really was driven in skateboarding. You know, that's what I wanted to do from a young age. I just had a vision for being a professional skater. And it's a lot of kids' visions with, with skating. If you kind of get into it, 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 it drives you. You think, I want to get sponsored. So you kind of always just pushing yourself. And when I was a kid, it wasn't as much filming clips. It was, you know, we knew as we got older, you had to make a video to get sponsored. But it wasn't like today where it's just Instagram, just, hey, I want to film something and, you know, put it together on my phone and boom, you know, send it. It was it was so much more laborious because you had this film friend that filmed one thing over here and this friend that filmed another thing. And to get all their tapes together and to get your clips was such an effort. And, you know, so many times you'd lose precious clips to you you've worked really hard for because this dude had it on his camera and he moved away or or oh that clip I sent it in on that one tape uh, over here or, oh man so sorry I, I backed over that tape with my car <laughs> I mean just the stupid stuff that would happen oh my camera got stolen and um, you know guys would lose entire parts that way and so you know it's just way different today getting sponsored and, and stuff like that so you know for me it, it really came through relationships friends who just push the right buttons uh, after I I broke my neck snowboarding and should have died kind of through that and after I came back through it my friends were like this guy is just going harder and harder and we got to get him you know help him out get him hooked up so I had one friend named Eric Breton uh, who still is in Maine and, and, and runs a program up with Sunday River he he just really helped me with get in with sessions and and uh, there was a <clears throat> an East Coast rep that really just kind of opened the door for me and, and through him and another friend uh, John Bringen, they just, uh, those those connections really just got me from, I had no sponsors to, then I was on Society Skateboards, Grind King, Esty, uh, and, and it was just, you know, one phone call, then I was getting product from all those guys. And what, what age was that at when you became, or like the official label of professional, or how does that work? Well, that was when I really got my first sponsors, and then a couple of years later, I, I ended up at Woodward Skate Camp through the Lord opening the door, just praying, Lord, you know, if you want me to, I'm back skateboarding, I'm back snowboarding, I want to use this for your glory, for your honor. If you're going to, if we're going to, if I'm going to use this for you, for your glory, and your, for your honor, Lord, you have got to open up the door. Two days later, I, I was praying on Friday, Monday, Martin Luther King Day, 1030 night, I got a call from Woodward Skate Camp. They woke my parents up, they were in bed. You know, it was like telephone ring, like, hey, the telephone's ringing, pick it up, who's on the other end? It wasn't like, oh, you got a text and no, should I respond or not? It's like, when the telephone rings, pick it up and talk to them. But you don't call after nine. I mean, that's just a typical thing. You don't <laughs> call after nine, on, on, you know, to, to business phone calls. And that's just pretty standard th- stuff. And this guy called me on the same time. So 1030 night, hey, is Judd there? I want to offer him a job at Woodward Skate Camp. 
And so he's like, hi, my name is Ozzy. I, you know, I got your application last year. I had my, I had my halo on. I, I, I wasn't even ready. When it came time that I put my application, I still had a neck brace on. Like I just got on my halo, still had the neck brace on. I couldn't have gone to camp if, if I had got the opportunity. But uh, the Lord orchestrated it. So the next year, he held on my application for a year, called me the next year. Of course, as I sought the Lord and said, Lord, will you open up this door? He remembers, man, I've got to call this kid. I've had this application. Calls me up, gets me a job, uh, gives me a, offers me a job there. And when it came time to go there, I didn't have a ride, so I hitchhiked from Maine to Pennsylvania. Hey. I got uh, a, a hookup with a, with a milk driver. Uh, he was taking a load from Maine down to Pennsylvania. And so from there, I helped him unload a semi full of toilet paper. <laughs> and he was like, man, you guys got to help this kid out. He just helped me unload a whole semi of toilet paper. And, you know, he's just going over this camp over here. He's trying to, you know, pursue me a professional skateboarder. And, you know, he's a farm boy, hard worker. Anybody help this kid out? And so he got me a ride with another trucker from there over to, like, within an hour of being there. And a the guy, a trucker, dropped me off on the side of a mountain in the middle of the night. And I was like, I'm not walking over this mountain in the middle of the night. <laughs> I didn't know if there's mountain lions or whatever, so I like, you know, pulled up a a, a loading dock with me. I went to sleep with it. I remember I had this knuckle knife and I went to sleep with it open on my on my chest, just like I don't, you know, I know who's gonna come up after me. So I just slept under this light and woke up in the morning, walked up the top of the hill. It started raining, so I went into this up to this church that had an overhang, and then in that church overhang, it, it, the door was locked, un- unlocked. So I just walked in. I went to sleep on this church pew. And then this guy woke me up that was working in the morning. I was like, oh, hey, sorry, I didn't mean to. He's like, oh, no big deal. I was like, oh, it was raining, the door was unlocked. I was hitchhiking over. And, and oh, he's, he's like, it's cool, man. I was like, all right, well, I'm heading up the Wooders Ski Camp. And so I went from there and then got down the hill and got a couple more eyes and showed up. And I was like, hi, my name's Jed Heal. I'm here for camp. And I know what time of day was, really. The guy was like, well, dude, it's Wednesday. Camp doesn't start till Saturday. I was like, well, I just hitchhiked here from Maine. I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> and he's like, whoa, had breakfast yet? And and that just got me on the work crew where I really got uh, introduced to ramp building with, you know, the best of the best. So I had already built my ramp as a kid, but, you know, these guys are the best in the world. And, and you know, my good friend Nate Wessel is, is, you know, building stuff for, you know, Travis Pastrana and, you know, anything elite Wessel's involved in. And so, um, yeah, that, those are the dudes I got thrown in with. And just from there, it just opened up the door to going into a contest with uh, ESPN and, uh we built for 12 weeks and then I asked Woodward I was like you know is there any chance I might be able to escape this contest I'd been there for at this point about three or four years and they were like Judd if you want to escape this contest you'll be able to escape the contest of course at that point I've been doing all the demos with all the pros and you know I was just another dude that was there shredding and so they approached ESPN and the way it came back to me is they said oh yeah and uh, we have this one guy who's a builder he wants to escape the contest that's going to be a problem with you well uh, is he a pro? Well, no, he's you know he's sponsored and stuff like that. Well, well, if he's not pro, then you know that's not a thing. It's a pro contest. And I said, well, let's put it this way: he skates the contest, so there's no contest. Okay, well, give him his minute. You know, like you know, what are they gonna do? They already have everything scheduled. Wooders spent you know umpteen thousand dollars building. I mean, at one point we built a 112 foot wide vert ramp, and they said, no, this ramp's too big. So Woodward's like, okay, we'll build 256 foot wide vert ramps. So after we get done to build 112, they're like, oh, we'll just add another 256 foot wide vert ramps in there, and then and then do your 100 by 300 street course for the contest. And it was just 12 weeks insane on build, and so I was building crazy, and and it came to like the contest, and I was surviving off naps. I would like you know take a nap at lunch, take a nap at, at supper, just like these little power naps to just kind of keep going. So when we got done building, I could go skate. Showed up at at the contest. 
and it was you know I was still kind of work on that schedule qualified fifth and and you know it was Tony Hawk you know and uh, Andy McDonald Chris Gentry you know all these guys who were just you know, pretty much vert skaters at that time and I got got in there as qualified fifth and I went took a nap they told me what time the the, the pro whatever the pro uh, practice was going to be and so I was like alright I'm going to take a nap be ready for pro practice and so I came back and they're like where have you been we've been looking for you and I was like I've been looking that hard I was in my cabin in my bunk like I don't think you looked at all they're like yeah, yeah well rain's coming and we had a bump schedule it's time for your run I'm like are you kidding me I haven't even I just woke up like literally just woke up and came straight here and they're like yeah sorry about that so <laughs> my roll-in run to my first pro contest upon a nap was a 12-foot roller into a five-foot box jump 10-foot top and then you know amongst all these other jumps that I had planned out and you know the Bible says a Lord a door God opens no man can shut but a door God shuts no man can open and the Lord opened the door for me that day to be able to use skateboarding in the professional realm and uh, I, I dropped one spot to sixth and you know I went to, to take my to get my check because there was a check every top ten you're getting paid and they said hey look you know if you take this check you're a pro skater and I was like I never got paid being an M so I <laughs> uh, took the check and, and uh, Man of Skateboards was down at that point to just you know back me with a board and they're like dude you proved it in a pro contest we were, we were down to give you a board and so boom it happened and and, uh, and so the Lord opened a door that day for me to be able to use that and so we started doing demos and it was like dude let's just preach the gospel after like who cares what anybody thinks you know like we did the kids want autographs like who cares about autograph like that's nothing like that's not going to be worth anything it's you know, it might be cool if you put some verse in it, but how about we just preach the gospel? And so we just started just boldly just going in and doing these demos, like like at shops. Nobody had they had no idea what was coming, and we just blast the gospel. And it, so that's kind of how it happened. And then, and then we started getting booked, and uh, uh, one thing after another kind of led to going from we're uh, you know we were doing demos with man and all over the place, and then this opportunity came that you know the Lord was was really putting on our heart it was time to start a new thing we're like well you know like lord i don't want to quit this because you know we feel like we're doing your will with with man of skateboards and we're seeing kids come to you and but we just felt like the the, the winds had changed and it was time for us to move on and so we prayed for five days for confirmation it's lord if this is really you we want to know for sure that you're telling us to move on and we don't want to just on our own ambition start our own thing so we can do our own thing before uh, before you get yeah. to the next part of the story there's a, a, a turning point, I think, in your life, as from my understanding, with the accident. Yeah. Uh, can you explain a little bit about what happened there and, and what like that impact was? Right. So I guess backing up just before Woodward, going to Woodward, I ended up, I was snowboarding on a, on a school field trip senior year, and I was just jumping a, into a snowboard half pipe. And so I... Like with any session, any any you know type of day, you kind of push yourself, push yourself, push yourself. You kind of get to your peak by the end of the day. So I was jumping an, an in run and landing in the in run of a snowboard half pipe, and by the end of the day, there was a huge hill in front of it, and I just overshot the whole thing, like way way too far, like landed in the flat at the bottom, and I consequently overshot, and I was upside down because I was when I was spinning, I just lost control and I just wasn't right set up and landed on my head in the flat bottom of the of the half pipe and I mean I didn't know it, but I basically had broken my neck. I got up and I rode down. I did every jump I did on the way down just killed. I did back set one eighty like this fifteen foot gap. It killed. It's three sixties over hips and stuff like that. It didn't feel good. But I just figured, you know, you take that type of fall, it hurts. 
duh. Yeah. And I didn't know I broke my neck. I got in line. Lift wouldn't go. As soon as I made the decision, got in line, lift started going. And then, uh, yeah, I actually randomly had a tattoo appointment that evening to go get a tattoo. And the next day I went to a chiropractor and he instantly told me when I came in, hey, look, uh, you know, your neck's out of line, your back's out of line. I was like, well, how can you tell that? He's like, by the way you walk. I'm like, my ankle's sprained from skateboarding. He's like, I can tell. <laughs> so he proceeds to go behind me and push on my head hard enough so I can feel it in my knees. And, and he's like, does this hurt? I was like, of course it hurts. You know, you're, and like I told you, I didn't go to school today because my neck hurts. I fell 16 feet on my head. Of course it hurts. He's like, all right, well, let's take some x-rays. He takes x-rays. Now he doesn't want to play with my neck. He sends him off to a specialist. And the next day I'm walking out to my friend's car with this speaker box with, you know, 15-inch JBLs because everybody needs 15s in their trunk. And as we're walking, I'm walking past my dad. And my dad looks over at me. He's like, Judd, you better put this down. This guy on the phone says you have a fractured vertebrae in your neck. And I'm like, oh, that's, that's bad, huh? And so from there, it was just slow going. Went in the next week and had these x-rays called tomograms. So they just take every picture, every angle of the spine and just figure out what's going on. After it gets done, he comes in and snaps my neck brace on me. And the guy tells me, uh, you know, next couple of weeks, I'm real slow going. Uh, we'll just have to see how, how your neck's healing. And, you know, if it's not healing up, I'm going to have to do sur- surgery. And I was like, well, why about skateboard again? He's like, well, we don't know that right now. So I'm like, yeah, yeah, I don't know right now, but, but I mean, you know, after I heal back up, well, I build, you know, I'm able to skateboard again, right? And he's like, well, we don't know that right now. And he just gave me no hope. And it was like, pretty much, you just told me my mom died. And I pretty much cried. Like, I got out of the room and I just, like, cried from there to my home because my whole life at that point, I've been putting all my chips on skateboarding. And uh, this guy was, he wasn't giving me any hope that I would build a skateboard again. And so, yeah, the, the Lord really intervened and, there's, there was a point where my neck was out of the line or it wasn't uh, healing because I was too active. I was bouncing on trampolines, riding skateboards occasionally, and just making sure I could still skate. You know, I didn't want to like, lose that. But the, uh, it, the fusion wasn't fusing. They had taken bone out of my hip. They did the surgery and, and, and stuck it in my neck. And I had a halo on, and, and it just wasn't fusing. And so they were tightening it every week. And basically, it got to a point where, like, look, if, it doesn't, if it's not healing within the next week because it's out of the line... Um, it's not good. And if it doesn't start healing in the next couple of weeks, like, I mean, the next time we see you, we're going in, we're doing another surgery. Hardware, we're going in the back, we're putting plate and screws, and I'm just like, I do not want this. And so I, I uh, went home and I prayed. I was like, Lord, I don't want hardware. I, and in my, in my mind, I was thinking, and, and it was like the Holy Spirit was prompting me, you don't want this for airports. Like, you don't <laughs> want to have hardware in airports. And I'm like... I'd never flown at that, at that point. I'd never flown, but in my mind, it was just there. Like this is going to be a problem when you go through airports. So I was like, Lord, you know, will you, will you heal my neck? And I felt prompted by the Holy Spirit to start sleeping on my face, and because my neck was actually shifted forward. The next time I went back in two weeks, not only had my neck come back completely aligned, but it started healing, and I was out of my halo in like five weeks. So. Well, and that had a big impact on your faith also, right? Yeah, just the Lord is just like, yeah, I'm here. Like, I hear you, and I want to, I want you to use this for me. And so that's when it came back to, like, you know, the Woodward kind of, like, praying, Lord, if I'm back, I'm back skateboarding, back snowboarding, I want to use this for your glory, for your honor. But you have to open up that door, and that's when the Lord opened that door up, um, January 25th of 2000, no, 1996, 1996. And so speaking of uh, doors, so with your brand, you know, you're, you're getting the story there of how that right. all started. Right, so we were praying for confirmation, 
And then the, I was at my brother's church in Pennsylvania, and we did an outreach. It went great. Some kids made decisions. We told them that night. It's like, hey, we're actually praying about starting a new thing. We just, we're just praying for confirmation because we just want to make sure that's what the Lord wants us to do. So they prayed with us. And then the next morning I woke up, and I was just like, dude, Hebrews 11.6, without faith it's impossible to please God, but anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Guys, we have got to step out in faith. So there's actually eight of us traveling in a van, like one van for like five months at a time. And they're like, all right, dude, let's do it. So we made the decision, and the church prayed over us, said, Lord, whatever you have for him, show it to him, and soon. And we went to lunch after church. The lady shows up, and it's like, hey, what do you guys do? She sees this van, this mana skateboard, big trinity symbol. You know, if you know Christian, you know, verbiage, mana comes from, you know, the desert where God bring down mana for 40 years and fed all the Israelites. And she wanted to know what we're up to. And I said, oh, we're, you know, professional amateur skateboarders. We do demos and preach the gospel. So, oh, that's awesome. Uh, maybe you can come out to our church sometime and do something. Like, yeah, well, maybe, you know, uh, we're just kind of passing through right now and, you know, here's our names. This guy's a web designer. If you look us up, you'll find us and then, you know, hit us up and we can try to, you know, make something work. Okay, cool. So she leaves. Our food had showed up. We were kind of waiting for her to leave so we could, eat, you know, eat. And so she leaves. We pray. And then we're done praying. She's back. And I was like, okay. Like, I you know, told you everything we know. And, and she's like, oh, I just want to give you confirmation on this new thing you're doing. And hands me a folded check. At that point, five years into what we're doing, nobody had ever just handed us a check saying, I believe in what you're doing. You know, I was just going to bless your ministry. It was just like, hey, here's what it costs every come. Thanks so much for coming. We had to love to have you come in. You know, but. This lady was like, I want to sow seed into this. So I stick in my pocket trying to be discreet, but everybody at the table basically has a draw job because I know like what's been going on. She leaves. My wife, Tanya, elbows me and says, Judd, what's on that check? I open it up, and she's like, are we supposed to ride for mana? Like, what's going on? So I open it up, and it says, it's blank. Who's supposed to cash it? Because we don't know what the names are called at that point. Uh, it's written for $500. And her name is Penny Dollar. So we prayed for confirmation for a week. God sent Penny Dollar with the first $500 for our nonprofit ministry. Didn't write a name on it. And I mean, if you look on a computer, you write something down. Like later, if you figure it out, like every time you don't label something yet, it's called untitled. And I mean, that's who we're supposed to be. We're, we're called, you know, John 3.30 says, he must increase, I must decrease. So that's really where the name comes from, untitled. It's just not specifically what she wrote, but in hindsight, looking at it like, wow, even in how God had that lady not name the check, he wrote it out to Untitled. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, it's just, uh, it's funny, you know, like God God is so awesome in how he's just, if you ask, you know, Bible says Matthew 7, 7, ask and receive, seek and you find, knock and the door will be open unto you. And so, you know, we have a problem of not seeking the Lord out for answers. When he's pressing on us, we're like, oh, I'm going to run and make this happen. I'm going to run and that, that happens. No. Stop and pray and seek the Lord. Lord, what are you? What are you trying to tell me? How? What are you trying to motivate me to? And so sometimes hard situations are really the Lord trying to motivate you, trying to turn your attention, say, "Seek me in this time, and I'll show you something that you never expected to happen." Yeah, lean in them. Yeah. <clears throat> it's a what a special story. Right? <laughs> I mean, Dude, it's pretty cool. It's, I told that some people would just be like, totally do not believe in the Lord, and they'd be like, "Well, I just." I don't even know what to say about that, you know? And, yeah. and that's the thing. It's just like the, the Bible tells us in Revelation, it says they will overcome the, the, you know, the dragon, who is the devil, that serpent. It says, by the blood of the lamb and the power of their testimony. 
Mm-hmm. You know, it's like our testimonies. If you're not pressing into the Lord and getting yourself in precarious situations where you have to fully trust Him in everything, you're not going to have a testimony that shuts people up. But when you trust the Lord wholeheartedly, John 3.21 is where Jesus was done speaking on John 3.16, which we quote all the time, but we don't come to John 3.21. It says, but anyone who comes into light, it will be seen plainly that what he has done has been done through God. And so I can you know, easily say everything that we've been able to do through Untitled, when we, you know, we've done ads in magazines and be able to actually share the gospel through magazines, that's like, yeah, that was ambition as a kid. Like, oh, I want to be in those magazines. But I didn't know I'd be able to actually... I would actually be able to afford to pay for the ads in those magazines um, and, and share the gospel in the magazines because I want to be like, God, this, this guy influenced my life through that magazine. I want to influence kids' lives through this magazine. And God allows us to be in those places to give away movies to magazines and, and stuff, but all for the purpose of sharing the gospel, sharing the good news. And it was all God. I mean, when it came down to it, where's the money to come from, Lord? And the Lord has someone give us saying, you don't need to spend money, just do this. Oh my goodness, that makes so much sense. You know, and just it would just be, you know, the, the editor of the magazine. Would, hey, just think about this. I was thinking about this today. Like, as your brain, Lord, what do I get? Ten thousand dollars. Oh, actually, if you do it this way, you don't have to spend that ten thousand dollars. Oh, sweet. Let's just <laughs> not spend the ten thousand dollars. I'm pretty, pretty sure that's what you're saying, Lord, because I just did the numbers and it comes out to ten thousand dollars. Praying, Lord, how do I not spend ten, or how do I come up with ten thousand dollars? And this guy calls me from the magazine and says, "This is how we did it. You could do it like this. We wouldn't charge you any shipping." And uh, yeah, what? Just think about it. I was, I'll pray about it. And numbers came out to $10,000. I redid the math, $10,000. Like, God, you're so good. Like, this is definitely what you want us to do. And, and so that's just going back to asking and receive, seeking to find, knocking the door will be open unto you, you know? What's your professional career look like now with Untitled? And what, what feels... Well, we're, I mean, right, like, literally, I'm leaving uh, Camp Royal. or We're driving uh, through the night um, with my family, heading back. I'm clean up my house I'm selling my house next week and then we're getting another house in my mind um, you know it's just keep pressing <laughs> on you know or, yeah. you know whether it's whether I put another another building on my property invite kids to my property to do stuff there keep going out and, and doing ministry and, and bringing guys together to be able to continue to build that team of guys who are just sold out for Christ and want to use their talents to uh, go out and, and proclaim the gospel uh, or if the Lord changes it differently you know I don't know if in the future I'm going to be you know, who knows? Maybe we'll end up full time with with Camp Roll and doing stuff with that. But I mean, one way or another, I want to be the backing for guys who just don't have people behind them to just spur them on to stand for Christ in a realm that's just tearing kids apart. You know, skateboarding is a throwaway society, and it's just like you're hot now, you're gone tomorrow. And and we want to build kids up that know that look, if skateboarding goes away, I can still stand and spur others on to Christ. Um, speaking about bringing you know the community together uh where can you know listeners find you uh what's your online presence like what kind of sweet i, I actually have guys who are redoing our, our website right now so hopefully that'll get done soon i've kind of been like holding off because being here at, at camp royal i wasn't really able to man uh you know the the home stage and being that pretty much everything is in storage right now it's chaos uh moving from one house to another and so hopefully uh the guy uh, ian from cxii apparel he's a rad dude he's an amazing web designer graphic and apparel dude and you should check those guys out they're real rad always always stand forward always proclaiming the kingdom and um, he's been helping us out a lot with with our website so he's trying to make it easier so i can run everything from my phone because i'm pretty much computer literate and i've just always had to lean on people that were good but nowadays it's like why can't i just do this from my phone he's like oh yeah there's a there's a way you can do it yeah there's an app for that you know and so it's like you know so it's getting easier for people to run their own things and uh 
So hopefully in the very near future, I mean, I have a website. It's great. Uh, you can order stuff off it, but there's just we have product out that I don't even have on that yeah. website that that I need to get up there. Well, what so, about on social media? Is there ways so, that they can know, just contact on, you? On Tidal Skateboards um, or just Judd Judd Heald J U D H E A L D uh, on Instagram on Facebook on Tidal Skateboards on Instagram Facebook. You know, you message. Uh, you know, me through me or me through on Tidal Skateboards. <laughs> it's it's me. That's the same thing. <laughs> yeah. So. Cool. All right. One final question before I let you go because I know you're in a rush. But uh, what slices of advice would you give your own kids to guarantee them a fulfilling life? Don't pe- put your eyes on men. I mean, if you're looking at someone saying, I'm going to follow this person. If I follow this person and I do what they do, I'm going to know Jesus. It's like you've got to pick up the word for yourself. You've got to be in the word daily. And, uh, yeah, listen to podcasts. Listen to you know what preachers are saying. But don't put all your eggs in one basket. Listen out beyond the one pastor at your church. Listen to people. I mean, you know, yeah, you need it. You need people around you, and, and try to try to find that that home of people that you can share the struggles. You know, whether you're struggling with porn, whether you're struggling with, you know, um, you know, thinking you're gonna hook up with your girl, or you know, whether it's drugs is your struggle, or you know, just self-image is your struggle. I mean, I don't know what people. I mean, some people cut, some people. I mean, there's there's a lot of stuff going on, but. Um, men in general are pretty much have some pretty key issues that seem to be resounding across the board and uh, you know I would say that you got to have men around you to just build it you know unload and, and encourage you to just stand for what's right so I, but for me it's really leaning on the word you know the Bible says um, and uh, I love to share the things that because the title is just very very open it's just um, one of our new graphics it's, it's it says be killing sin or sin will be killing you and it's Romans Eight, uh, I believe it's eight, thirteen, and fourteen, and so it says, "If you live according to flesh, you will die. But if you live according to the if sorry, but if according sorry, if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the flesh, you will live. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. And it's just like that's what you need. You need to be led by the Spirit of God. So that comes to filling your your whole basket with the word of God because the word of God doesn't come back void it accomplishes the work it's going to do it says that the word of God is living and active sharper than any double-edged sword that it penetrates even to the soul that sorry penetrates in the joints and marrow uh, why am I struggling about scripture <laughs> that, sorry I'll, I'll say that over I mean hopefully cut that up <laughs> says the word of God is living and active sharper than any double-edged sword it penetrates even dividing the soul and spirit, joints and marrow, thoughts and attitudes of the heart. It says that nothing is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give account. And it's like, you put God's word in you, and it's going to work. It's going to move. And if you're led by the spirit, if you let that word soak in, and then the word talks about being a, a man being double-minded. Um, he's unstable in all his ways, tossed back and forth by the by the by the waves of the sea you know it's like sand in the sea you're just going to get smashed around it's like you got to be firm in who you are like i'm going to stand for god if i blow it we blow it you know with accountability partners dude okay we blew it now let's turn and get going again it's not like i blow it then you shrink back you know we're not it says not be overcome by fear you know we're not going to fear of a spirit of fear and many, but love power and self-discipline love builds up power allows you to keep on going 
and, and self-discipline is that which allows you to say, I'm not going to continue to make these same mistakes. You know, because, yeah, you're going to struggle for some stuff for years. But there's going to come a point where it's like, enough is enough. I need to get free of this. I need to go stand boldly for Christ. And I need to get myself in a position where I'm so absorbed with the Word of God, with the Spirit of God, that I can hear and I can tune into what He's telling me so that I can get the most out of this life, so I can get the most from Him, so that I can be the most light an example I can be in the world that the there's a plate when the word says that that they um, they blend they blaspheme the name of God um, or or that some um, don't know about God and I say this to your shame and it's just like man I don't want anybody to be blaspheming the name of the Lord because of who I am and, and and so that's why I say never just keep your eyes on a person because you keep your eyes on a person that let you down but you keep your eyes on the Lord and you're living by His Spirit. It's going to fill you up. It's going to charge you up so you can keep going and press in and see through what God has for you. I want to thank you for this this interview this time. I know we went a little bit over and I was late on getting this together. But uh, it's been great working with you, Camp, and it's it's been a lot of fun. You know? Yeah, it does I, uh, that's so awesome getting to know you. Uh, I look forward to the future and can hang out with you some more. And, uh, you're going to have to show me some more tricks on, on the old skateboard. Sure, man. Uh, only dropping in, but uh, we'll, we'll see what I, I go from there. But thanks again. Yeah, man. Seriously. Blessings. It's, it's been a blast, and uh, uh, God bless. And listeners, um, I hope you enjoyed this episode, and uh, hopefully this here soon we'll have we'll have Sal back in the uh, back in the room with the mic. But uh, until then, uh, peace out, and God bless.